You are listening to Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. Welcome to Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. Today's episode covers a pivotal summit in Paris aimed at bolstering support for Ukraine, Hungary's impending parliamentary vote on Sweden's NATO membership, former ECB head Mario Draghi's proposal for a substantial EU investment strategy, and the pressure facing Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez over a corruption scandal involving former Transport Minister José Luis Abalos. Join us as we delve into these complex issues shaping Europe's present and future. On to our first story. At a crucial summit in Paris, hosted at the Elysee Palace, Around 20 European leaders, including German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and Spanish leader Pedro Sánchez, convened to bolster support for Ukraine amidst its conflict with Russia. Despite strong verbal commitments to Ukraine's victory, highlighted by the presence of significant political figures and the determined rhetoric from the Elysee, the summit faced criticism for the EU's lag in matching its supportive words with sufficient arms deliveries to Ukraine. Notably, the gathering did not result in any new announcements of arms provisions, underscoring a gap between Europe's solidarity expressions and actionable support. The absence of Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney, replaced by a lesser-known representative, hinted at diplomatic undercurrents, while the summit also touched on the European stance on ammunition procurement for Ukraine. France indicated a flexible approach to purchasing ammunition possibly easing its bi-European policy to expedite support. Amidst discussions, the sobering reality of the conflict was underscored by Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky's revelation of 31,000 Ukrainian soldier casualties. The summit's discussions reflected the complexities of European unity and support for Ukraine, balancing enthusiastic declarations with the pragmatic challenges of military aid and the broader geopolitical implications of the conflict. Moving on to our second story. Hungary's parliament is on the verge of ratifying Sweden's long-standing application to join NATO, a pivotal moment that comes 649 days after Sweden formally sought membership in the alliance. This step is expected as Viktor Orbán's Fidesz party has shown signs of readiness to move forward with the approval. The anticipation builds on the backdrop of US Ambassador to Hungary, David Pressman's call for action, urging Hungarian lawmakers to honour their commitments and finalise Sweden's NATO bid. The potential approval is also tied to a recent diplomatic endeavour by Swedish Prime Minister Ulf Christensen, who visited Budapest in a bid to secure Hungary's support. This visit culminated in a defence agreement, allowing Hungary to purchase new Swedish Gripen C aircraft and extend its existing defence contracts, while Orban insists that the defence deal was not a quid pro quo for NATO support. It underscores the multifaceted diplomatic negotiations involved in Sweden's path to NATO membership. The expected parliamentary vote in Hungary is not just a procedural step, but a significant geopolitical event signalling the expansion of NATO amid heightened tensions with Russia, 
particularly in the context of the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Approval would lead to a flag-raising ceremony at NATO headquarters, symbolising Sweden's formal inclusion in the alliance and reinforcing NATO's collective defensive posture. Sweden's NATO membership reflects broader strategy shifts in Europe as countries reassess their security policies in response to regional threats. This development marks a critical juncture in NATO's history, highlighting the alliance's adaptability and the importance of solidarity among member states in facing global security challenges. Now on to our third story, Mario Draghi, the former head of the European Central Bank, is pushing for a substantial European Union investment strategy aimed at preventing a subsidy war among its members and ensuring the bloc remains competitive against global giants like the US and China. Draghi suggests the EU needs to spend around 500 billion euros annually on green and digital transitions, with a third of this sum coming from the public funds to be distributed at the EU level for efficiency and cohesion. This proposal comes as Draghi prepares a report on EU competitiveness due in June, which he previewed to EU finance ministers in Ghent. He highlights that the EU's historical advantages, cheap energy from Russia, strong exports to China, and reliance on US military protection, are fading or uncertain, necessitating this massive investment to secure the EU's economic future. Draghi's vision includes leveraging European private sector savings to fund these transitions, acknowledging that public funds alone will not suffice. He argues for a centralised approach to funding to avoid the inefficiencies and inequalities that could arise from uncoordinated national subsidies. Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo supports Draghi's call for an EU-level funding mechanism, particularly to help industries struggling with higher energy costs compared to their counterparts in the US and China. De Croo emphasises the importance of supporting transnational industrial clusters over national interests, warning against the fragmented approach of national subsidies, which often disregard the interconnected nature of Europe's industrial sectors. The discussion also touched on the strategic importance of the Blue Banana Corridor, a densely industrialised region stretching from the Benelux countries to northern Italy, known for its significant economic output and transnational industrial ecosystems. De Croo and Draghi argue that any subsidy strategy should bolster these cross-border industrial networks, ensuring the EU's investments strengthen its collective economic position, rather than fragmenting it through nationalistic policies. Draghi's proposal aims to navigate the EU through its green and digital transformations, while fostering a united, competitive stance on the global stage. The emphasis on EU-level investment and the avoidance of subsidy wars highlight a strategic approach to maintaining Europe's industrial and economic strength in a rapidly changing global environment. Now on to our fourth and final story. Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez is facing pressure from opposition parties to remove José Luis Abalos, the former transport minister of Spain, from his position as a member of parliament due to suspicions that Abalos was aware of a 50 million euro corruption scandal related to the purchase of masks during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
This scandal, referred to as the Coldo case, centres around Coldo Garcia, a former advisor to Abalos. Garcia and a network involving businessmen and civil servants are accused of collecting over 50 million euros in bribes for facilitating government contracts to supply masks to health authorities. Efforts were made by Garcia to conceal these transactions and the traceability of the money involved. The government has publicly condemned any form of corruption, with Sanchez emphasising the coalition's commitment to combating corruption, wherever it comes from and whoever falls into it. Despite Abalos's dismissal as transport minister in July 2021, the emergence of the scandal has led to significant scrutiny, with analysts and right-wing media questioning the reasons behind his dismissal. The opposition, including the Petrido Popular People's Party and the far-right Vox Party, is demanding Abalos's resignation as an MP and a thorough investigation into the scandal. They argue that Sanchez was aware of the corruption when he removed Abalos from his ministerial position and should therefore also be held accountable. The People's Party's Secretary-General has insisted that Abalos should not continue to represent the Spanish people as an MP and that Sanchez must explain his actions and the knowledge he had at the time of Abalos's dismissal. Abalos has defended his innocence, stating that he would have resigned if the scandal had occurred during his tenure as a minister. Now, as an MP, he claims to have no responsibility in the matter. The case has sparked widespread controversy and debate within Spanish politics, highlighting the ongoing challenges of addressing corruption and maintaining public trust. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Political Undercurrents, your daily dive. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the complex world of global politics. Remember, our mission is to keep you informed and engaged with the undercurrents that drive change and influence decisions on a daily basis. Stay tuned for our next episode, and until then, keep exploring the depths of political knowledge. I'm Alexander Quilliam, and this has been Political Undercurrents. Have a successful day.